You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to the Legends Lounge. I'm Trill Withers. With me in the lounge today, we have former Arizona Wildcat. He was a Portland Trailblazer, Toronto Raptor. He's currently assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. We've got Damon Stoudemire with us. Tyler, how you doing? Let me add one more. Everybody forgets the latter part of my career. No, please, please. I played with Memphis as well. Okay. And then I played a half a season in San Antonio. Okay, so former Grizzly and Spurs well. Yep. I apologize. Th thank you for stopping by the lounge, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Bless. Bless. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first things first, I'd like to jump right in. I'd like to ask guys, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? My welcome to the NBA moment was playing against John Stockton. Okay. <laughs> what so, happened? It's crazy, right? Because I was just talking about this the other day with somebody. And, you know, I've been watching John play forever, right? Mm. You know, so I get to the league and, you know, I, I had success early. I had a lot of mm. success early on. So we get to Hugh Todd. I'm like, man, I'm about to I'm, I'm about to get up in John. And, <laughs> he ain't got nothing for him. John don't look the part now. Let's just right. be honest. John doesn't look the part. He's like an accountant. like Man, but when that game started, yeah, like I never seen a dude – you know, that that pass precise like he did. Uh, you know, he made timely shots. He didn't shoot a lot. He just made timely shots. Mm. Uh, he had command of the offense. Like, he really had command of, of what Utah was trying to do. And, and I just couldn't get it going. Um, I was trying too hard. I was <laughs> – you know I mean, it was just – it was a lot of different things. But to to make a long story short – I think I had like seven points, about five assists, and John had like twenty-seven and seventeen. Okay. Typical John style. Yeah, just a regular night. Right, right, right. And I felt like at the end of the game, I felt like I felt like he just, you know, he just he was a surgeon with a scalpel against me. I, I learned. I'm telling you, I learned a lot from that game. That you can't, you know, everybody in the NBA can play, especially a, a future Hall of Famer. But everybody in the in the NBA could play. It doesn't matter uh, if you don't look the part or whatever, but I mean, he, he was, you know, he was, he was definitely one of them dudes, man, where you had to put on your chin strap. <laughs> you Bro, I was going to say, it, <laughs> I asked you since, since you played again, was he a dirty player or was it just a, a, a more physical league? Which where, where do you stand on that? I, I think it was just, I think it was a more physical league. Okay. Now, now, now I'm going to say this to me, they're totally different players. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of, in terms of who I'm about to say, but mm -hmm. you know he got a lot of Chris Polish in him. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, I get. You know what I mean, uh, I understand you completely. Yeah, real clever, real right. clever. Um, you know, I, I think that 
Um, he knew how to get away with things when you can when when you needed to get away with things. You know, right. he was really good at that. And uh, you know, not to mention he had. I mean, he like I say, he was he was really good, man. Strong hands. Uh, you know, it, it was always amazing to me. You know, we start breaking down and critiquing guys' games and. You know, I think that when I look back at when I played, like guys had pet peeve moves mm-hmm. and, and guys did certain things, right? If you if you watch highlights of John Stockton, I, I, I'm not saying he didn't throw a pass with his left hand, but I can't remember <laughs> with his left hand or, or dribbling with his left hand. But that just goes to the greatness of actually who he was as a player. Right, I was going to say, listen, that's more impressive, right? Like, you know what I'm doing, and I'm still getting my move off. Yeah, yeah, he he was, he was, you know, so from that standpoint, he was really impressive. And I'm pretty sure if you asked a lot of guys in that mm-hmm. era, you know, and I don't care whether you asked the best, you know, the Gary Paytons, the the, the Tim Hardaways, the Allen Ives. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask them or you can ask who, who were considered not the, not the best, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll I'll tell you the same thing. When you played against dude, he was what he was, but he was a he was a great player, and he was really feisty, and you knew you had to come to play against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned like him getting away with like uh, things when he <laughs> needed to get away with them. Like, what, what's an example? Like, what's what, what do you mean by that? The specifics I can remember sometimes. You, you know, it's crazy too. Um, now it goes with perception, right? So. Mm-hmm. First three years I was in Toronto, mm. you know, we weren't that good. So throwing an entry pass, he might hit your arm, the ball go out of bounds, it's your turnover, you can play it to the ref, right? Right. That type of look, that's the little stuff I'm talking about. Right. You know? And you're not gonna get that call over John Stock. Yeah. Tap tapping the elbow. It's just the little it's the little <laughs> things that if you really know it throws you off, it, right. it, it pisses you off. <laughs> just just enough to be like a pest. Just enough to piss you off, and um, you know the funny thing about it is, is uh, you know when I go to Portland, mm-hmm. and after Utah had came off um, their consecutive runs of going to the finals, mm-hmm. and and in Portland, you know we actually beat them two straight years in the playoffs, and um, you know that that was you know they were even even playing against them and. You know, when we finally beat them the first year, we finally beat them. I mean, we, you know, it was like, I think I was 24, 25. I was going to say, it was time. a pretty young team, yeah, we, right? Yeah. We were really young, and it's crazy because, you know, uh, we talk about a lot of the, the things that go on today, and I and I say without going all into detail, boy, them Blazer teams. Now, the Blazer teams I played on, uh-huh. if there was social media and all this stuff that's <laughs> going on today now, Ooh-wee. It, it would have been tough times. <laughs> I can only imagine. Okay, <laughs> but get, what's one you can't get? What's one thing that uh, we don't have to get nobody in trouble, of course, but what, what's something you can't give me that's like, oh, man, I'm glad that, that Twitter or Instagram or something went around for that or TMZ or whatever? Well, I'll well, I tell you what. Obviously, there's obviously particular incidents that we could talk about, but I'm just saying just in general, right. um, when you look at the makeup of our team at that time, uh, you know what? However you want to, however you want to say it, people labeled it however they want they wanted to. But we had a lot of characters on our team, and and we were we were probably the first team, you know, in the NBA that 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 had you know more than more than a couple All Stars or guys that had been yeah. All Stars at least at one time in their career. Right. 
you had a lot of guys making a lot of money. You had a lot of different things that were going on. And I just didn't think – I don't think that you had that at that time in the NBA. And that's why I say what I say. And I think that – and I think that, uh, you know, we we weren't – we weren't uh, – I would say – let me say this. We were a lot of times when we played the game of basketball, we were in character. And I say that to say this. If you watch today's game, like it's funny, you know, and watch it, there's a lot of guys that are in character. I don't believe that some of these guys are like that away from the game. You know, <laughs> families, you know, I always say one of the one of the uh, mis- most misunderstood, you know, uh, athletes and players that I played with um, is is Rasheed Wallace. He was mm. nothing like that. Like when you know, like R- Rasheed was the type of guy. He was fiery. He was feisty. Mm-hmm. He was on and when the game and when the game was over, he went he he went home to his family. Right. I seen it every day because we live by each other. So I'm just saying, <laughs> right. it was. Right. I'm saying it was like guys were in character. And, right. You know, I just when I when I say I, I, I remembering those teams and those guys, and we still all communicate and talk. But those were mm-hmm. those were teams that in this era of basketball, man, I can only mm-hmm. if if it, if it was the same. You know, social media and then the twenty four seven coverage and right the successes, but not not only the successes, but the failures that you live on such a public stage. You didn't you didn't live that back then like that. You didn't right. you didn't you didn't live that. You didn't right. live. So. You think it's like better or worse, or it just kind of is? Like you think it's a good thing, or you think it's a how you feel about? It? I think that everything evolves for me personally. Mm-hmm. I hear, I always hear people talk about, you know, older players, you know, sometimes that, well, if I play in today's game, I never compare because I'm glad I'm not in, in, in what's going <laughs> on today. Cause I think it's a give and a take. Like I think that today's players, today's athlete, whether it's NBA, uh, football, basketball, mm-hmm. uh, the professional athlete, they basically give up their lives. We didn't we didn't give up our lives like that. There was there was a part of us that you didn't know. There was an element. Right. There was there was an element of us that you never seen. There was a line. There's right. like no line now. Right. Yeah. It, it, there wasn't a line. So the only time, the only time, you know, the average fan or somebody following us could actually see us in another light was if, you know, the game was on MVC and they did a feature on you. If right. you were, look Taking it all the way, if you were inside stuff with Amar Rashad, oh all, yeah, all this stuff way back in the day, like you know now nowadays, like you know if you just if you just you know go on social media and and and, and put a guy name in, like you'll see everything he got working, you'll see right. his social media handles and all the different things. Like you couldn't do that, you couldn't do that with us, right? And so there was still like when you went home, you went home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there was nothing else, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, so, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I don't envy today's athlete. I don't envy him at all. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, it's almost like, you know, in a different type of way as a, as an athlete, you got to keep up and you got to put yourself in the forefront. But then I think that, you know, the one thing that that is that the topic that you hear coming up a lot, and I think it play, I think it was a lot back when I, when I was mm-hmm. playing well was the was the was the mental mental wellness the, your, mm-hmm. your well-being mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you know that's something that 
that's not talked about necessarily with retired players as much, but the transition for a lot of guys, the transition for a lot of guys from, from going to being in the spotlight to all of a sudden not being in the spotlight, um, it's, it's totally, it's totally, it's totally foreign. Right. Okay. You're, 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 as an athlete, you're regimented. Um, you have things that you do each and every day. Right. And for years, me, years and yeah, years and right. years. Yeah. Right. And for me, fortunately, like I, I started to think for me, I started to think probably when I turned 30, I started to think about the ending more than the, the, the end more than the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I was thinking about those things and how to phase into a second life. And okay. even and, and even even through business and through basketball, it was still hard as you gave up that that limelight, you know what yeah. I mean, so to speak. And I think that we all tended to struggle. For me, it, it was it was quick boom because I didn't give myself time to really retire. I just I, I basically went right. from playing my last game in the in the Western Conference Finals in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Going right into coaching, and I think right. that helped. and that was that, intentional. Yeah, that was yeah, intentional. You, like uh, right that that helped me because you hear a lot of guys like, "Man, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that." Nah, I, I need I need something that's gonna keep me waking up and being positive every day. Right. You know? So that that was that was for me what I needed. You know, everybody's different, but for me, that's what I needed. Mm. Now I want to touch on the the uh, mental wellness part you brought up. I thought that was a, a good point. And again, you don't have to say any names, but are there things or like incidents that you can think back on and see now it's like, okay, yeah, that guy was probably, you know, going through some sort of like mental where he probably needed, you know, some help that just at the time, the organization, the league, the society, right, just wasn't able to provide, wasn't ready to provide. Well, I think I, I think that there's a lot of examples without, without going into names, but, you mm-hmm. know, you just... I think that everything evolves. I really do. I think that the league evolved. Mm. You know, it's no different than than when I I remember, you know, back when when Glenn Robinson came into the to the league and you know, they said that he got too much money on that first deal and it was the contract was like 13 years 69 million and to <laughs> own somebody to 13 years 69 million. Right. Man, that they'll be owner of the year. I would know? say, yeah, if you got uh, LeBron or somebody on their first contract for, yeah. And so, and so, I think it's no different than with men- mental health. You you probably heard you probably heard this statement or slogan more than anything back when I was playing. Man, he just crying out for help right now. Mm. But I, but I, but I don't think that we had the the, the platforms one. I don't think that we had the proper things in place as a as a players association at that point. Uh, you know, we tend. You know, when I was when I was in the league, I felt like we tended to struggle with leadership. I felt like there was always a divide. Um, I felt like there was a divide between the older player and the young player, and and I got it at at the same time too because there was there were some of the older players that were, you know, let, let's say they were fighting to get to get that to get a big contract you know mm-hmm. like that. and I totally got that right I just never felt like I never felt like we were we were totally we were totally together you know I, I look right. back when I played in the league so I, I I was in I think I I think I was in three lockouts I was in oh, three, three so you two, might you might be bad luck man yeah, two, <laughs> two or three two or three <laughs> lockouts so when I first came into the league and then I think 
you know, three years later, back in 99, mm-hmm. uh, in the strike shortened season, we were in a lockout. And I'm just saying, like, we, you know, I just never thought we were together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I what I see right now, uh, to me, what's a beautiful thing for the NBA, and I think this is the best thing, and this is what I'm saying about how everything evolves. I feel like everybody eating, you know what I mean? Right. Like, Everybody eating, you know, everybody making money. When everybody's making money, you don't have no issues. So everybody's making money. Yeah, there's levels to it, but of course, but everybody for the most part is eating. And I think that, you know, they have great leadership, um, you know, within the within the uh players association, Hmm. and they've done a good job of including the retired players. Um you know, and I commend them for that. So those are the things that I see, and that that's why I say, when I watch these young guys play now, when I I, I really enjoy I, I really enjoy watching the game as it it is at as it's evolved, and I just critique the game for what I see. I'm not one. I don't mm-hmm. like I don't like man. We putting this guy in this area. We putting this guy in that area. Right. No, I'm not yeah. doing that because you know I'm I'm being I I would be biased, but. For me, you can't tell me like there. There's no telling me, Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson, them the two best point guards. Like you, I don't right. want to argue that debate right. because there's nothing you can tell me. Because when I was growing up, this is what I said. Those were the, right. He was the best little guy, and he mm. was the best big guy. We hadn't right. seen a Magic Johnson at that time, so I'm yeah. just saying, like for me, I, I don't really debate that. I like to keep it right where it is and enjoy and enjoy like the in greatness. the moment. Yeah, and let's enjoy the greatness of each guy for, for, for what it was in, in time. So, um, but, but I really, uh, you know, with, you know, I know I kind of got off base, but with the mental health piece, like I said, I just think that, you know, there was a lot going on and like, like, like I said, you know, w- without, without even going, you just go back and you just think about some of the things and, you know, guys were going through things, but we just, we, we weren't equipped as a league at that time to really handle those things. Right. So do you think now? Yeah, you think, then I'll leave you at this too. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I don't think society was ready either. I agree. So, so yeah. at so so society was still condemning, and wasn't as forgiving. So I think as a league, we tended to we tended to side with society instead of getting right. guys the proper help and the things that they needed at that time as well. Definitely, yeah. I didn't want to. Yeah. Frame that like it was only an NBA issue because right, it was right. it, yeah because it, it was right. definitely uh, right. bigger than that. Another thing you mentioned, you said uh, when you turned thirty, you started thinking about the end more than the begin. Like what was it? What about thirty or what was going on then that made you start thinking that way? You know what? Uh, probably coming into the league with Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. So being drafted by Toronto helped me a lot. So you know, I used to ask him all the time, like because. I always tell people this: Don't get it twisted. I know he was at the end and he tore his Achilles, but man, he could have still played. Like he used he to come, yeah. he used to and he could play. Like I'm not saying he would have been Isaiah Thomas, right? Right, right. right. We were used to seeing, but all I'm saying is, is he could have contributed. He wasn't. He wasn't done. Right. He just quit. Right. He just quit. And so I just kind of looked at him from afar, and you know, as a mentor of mine, I just kind of looked at the things that he was doing, and he was transitioning, trying to figure it out, and I feel like. You know, back back when you know when 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 guys like himself were transitioning and trying to mm-hmm. figure it out, they obviously didn't have the same help in trying to figure it out right. that guys have today. Right. And so I just kind of looked at guys like him and 
you know, um, then is, is, is Magic Johnson start evolving, mm-hmm. obviously, in, in his business endeavors. And you start watching guys that are real successful. And, you know, I just don't think I just don't think that, you know, back, you know, from the standpoint, you got to be honest with yourself, you know, and and for me being just the normal size guy, you know, in this world, um, I never really took for granted being in the NBA, but I also wasn't the type that stood out. So I didn't have to worry about being six right. six ten and right. people saying you play ball or, you know, why not right. you? Why aren't you seeing you out and about? Yeah. Different things. So, you know, for me, I just, I just thought about, I just thought about other things and it wasn't that I didn't still love basketball, but I just knew at some point, you know, that it was going to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah, It it, it was going to be gone. And I just, I just didn't want to be, you know, uh, caught off guard, you know, when all that happened. And, And even, and even with that being said and thinking of a second, thinking of my second phase, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the short time um, in between that I wasn't doing nothing, it was still like, man, I'm bored. It, it, three hours of the day, and I've done everything I need to do now. <laughs> right now what? Yeah, I don't know what else to do, it's only, and it's only 10 a.m. <laughs> right. I just got a full day and just right. nothing to do. Uh, right. right. Do you think there's, like, a better connection now between the, the older and younger I guess generation eras or the players, however you want to say it. I think it is. I mean, I do. I, I think. I think for me, I, I can only speak for me. I, I try mm-hmm. to talk to many young players as I can, and be, being a college coach, so being in college, mm-hmm. uh, I think it helped me. So it's kind of like a cheat sheet. So <laughs> I coached Will Barton. You know, mm-hmm. I coached Aaron Gordon. I coached T.J. McConnell. I coached Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like, these are guys that I coached, and then there's numerous guys out there that I recruited mm-hmm. uh, and maybe th- and didn't get. So I see it from a different lens and a different frame. And, you know, uh, even when I got into coaching, when I came, when I, when, when I was with the Memphis Grizzlies as an assistant coach, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, coaching, I'm coaching Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, but I had just played with him the, the year before. Right, right. <laughs> so, just pre, I was just teammates. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, it was, it was, it was for me. Uh, you know, even talking to those guys, they got older and they matured, and it's 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 funny to see those guys evolve, and you know, they've evolved into the leadership role that they that they have. You know, where they're at in their respective teams, and you know, I still, you know, we still a text or whatnot, and, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of the things that they talk about are, you know, from the things that, you know, I, I tried to show them. You know, it's even with that Mike Conley, you know, Kyle Lowry dynamic. I, I always told them, you know, I was like, don't let the business, don't let the business of basketball mess up y'all's friendship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at some point, at some point, um, the organization is going to have to make a choice because both of y'all are good. It doesn't mean right. that one wasn't better than the other, but there will be a preference and, you know, one, one of you guys will move on, but don't let the business of basketball uh, ruin, ruin a friendship. And, Hmm. you know, obviously, you know, they, they both went, they both went their separate ways, but they both had humongous success. And I think that that's a win for the, for the Memphis Grizzlies organization and the guys that had drafted them at the time, you know? So, Hmm. um, you know, I just, I, I, I look at, I look at their growth and I, and when I see them, I, I it makes me it makes me grin inside because I know 
that I had a hand in that, you know, in the early parts of their career. Definitely. Uh, so, like, getting into coaching was, I mean, definitely, like, you love the game, but I guess what percentage of coaching or what part of coaching is, like, noticing some of, like, the like the mental wellness, some of the other stuff, some of the things that maybe weren't noticed when you were playing? Like, what percent of that uh, was that for you or to you, I should say? As a, as a player, you know, I, you know, I think it was, I think it was everything. I personally think that your, your mental, mentally, you got to be fresh, um, you know, mentally and physically, you know, I really mm-hmm. do. I believe that. I, I never think of somebody's game. Like if you watch, if you watch basketball, you can go back to the beginning of time. Now, now everybody's not this way. I think right. that, I think that we do have people. I felt like I was one of them. You know, I might have some things going on, but mm-hmm. I still get busy between the lines because that was right. therapeutic for me. There's right. some guys that's just not like that. Right. And so when you're not like that and you're taking off the floor things on the floor, it impacts everything. And all you got to do is look at, I call it the anxiety that a guy might have on his face, his body language. You can see all those different things. So in terms of coaching and the way I look at coaching, I, I, really, I really feel like, you know, you got to manage egos. Number one, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, then I then I feel like you got to make sure a guy's mind is always fresh. You know, all all I all I ask guys a lot is you know, your mind right today, and you know, if your <laughs> mind right today, everything else is gonna be right. I'm not right. worried about your game. Right, we'll um, get that together. We'll yeah. get that in line later. Yeah, we'll get that together. But if your mind isn't right, you know, do you, you know, and, and obviously college is a bit different. In college, yeah. you you you're 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 going in the homes, you're meeting parents, you're doing all the different things. So you you might not all the way know the dynamics of, right. of an NBA player and what's really going on all the way. Uh, you know, I think that it's your job uh, more so um, me coming back to the NBA as, mm. as an assistant coach and learning what I've learned over the last 10 years. I think that it's my responsibility of being a former player. Right. Get guys to understand that um, number one, you could trust me, and then if you trust me, then I think that we we'll have honest dialogue, and and now I can really coach you. I can coach you. I can coach you on the floor, and then if you need advice, I can help you off the floor because that's all I'm giving is advice. I never tell anyone what to do because you never truly know everybody's situation. But that's how I look at it. I I, I like to give examples of of me and the things that I did as a player. Um, both on and off the floor, and, and I always say, if you listen, uh, well, you don't never have to bump your head because I'm giving you the answer <laughs> test. Right. You know I, mean? so, I did that, so hopefully you won't have to go through right. that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned making that leap. That you were the like the the 2020 conference coach of the year. You won the the Ben Job Award uh, yeah. for most outstanding minority head coach. So why the jump to the pros? Like things were it's seemingly going well. Like you having success. Yeah. Um, so why, what, what made you want to get back to the, the pro game? Uh, simply stated is, is two things. It was, it's Ime Udoka one, mm-hmm. and then it was Boston Celtics. I think the opportunity, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, number one, I, I don't have an ego about none of this stuff. You know, I, I, I coach because I, I like being around the kids. Right. But like I said, it, on the initial, it kept me. It kept me involved in the game. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I tell I tell guys this all the time. 
Um, I, I didn't coach. Uh, I didn't coach for the check because on on the initial until I became a head coach, like the check really wasn't doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. And I, was, if I was doing it for that. I wouldn't be. Yeah, able. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not, you know, no disrespect to the check because I'm not saying that, but it just for the sure. check wasn't, wasn't going to do it. You know, so I was doing it because I love being around the game and I, and I just wanted to help and inspire kids. Hmm. Uh, this situation came about, um, like I said, he may, it's been a been a lifelong friend of mine, both from Portland, Oregon. You know, he you know he's worked my he worked my basketball camps when I was in the NBA, and he was a, he was a young guy. So it goes all the way back, and um, I think that uh, have a chance to help him. Happy for him, number one, to be a head coach, and then to be able to help somebody uh, and be in the trenches with somebody that I that I really really know. You know, what I mean, like for me, that's that's big and. Then obviously the Boston Celtics, the the story franchise that it is, mm-hmm. um, you know I I just came from Boston, and um, you know just all the banners and you know all the mystique <laughs> the tradition around. every yeah right, right so you know um, those those things are, are big for me and you know the biggest thing is when I took over this job at Pacific a lot of people you know I didn't talk about it a lot and a lot of people don't know but five years are you know, I say this, you know, we, we were on probation for the first three years. That's how I got the job. Mm-hmm. So uh, first three years we were on probation. Um, three out of the five years I was here, we finished in the top half of the league uh, with 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 uh, a ceiling of third place. And we were the first team um, other than other than uh, BYU, Gonzaga, and mm-hmm. St. Mary's to come in third place. And I think eight years in this league. Um, but we came in third. We finished third, fourth, and fifth while I was here. So we finished in the top half of the league three out of my five years here. Had two defensive player of the years. Had multiple all-conference guys. Um, you know, me and my staff, we really did a good job of of, of, of uh, coming in here and establishing a culture that, you know, quite frankly wasn't here. And, you know, um, like I say, going back to this opportunity presenting itself, um, I feel like, I left the I left this program I left the program in a better place than what I got it, yeah. and um, you know I think that that's all you can ask for. But I, I'm I'm forever indebted to Pacific for um, giving me the opportunity and the chance because when I got that job, um, I tell people this all the time. Um, you know, I don't really care who you are. Uh, try coming turning this around. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what you really got. Right. We'll see what you're made of. Yeah. We'll see really what you got, you know. So now, uh, you said I didn't know uh, you and Emay grew up together. So I'm guessing, are, are you familiar with the story of him fighting the the Algerian team? Now, I'm 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 not I'm not familiar I'm not familiar with that story. You know, I I think I am I four maybe five years older than than Emay. He went to the rival high school. He went to Jefferson. I went to Wilson. So he was, he was bad blood over there. He was, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he was just a, he was just a little younger than me. But you know, the one thing I say about this, I, I say this about Eme. You know, uh, you know, he's he's always been a grinder. Hmm. It's never been easy for him. Uh, his first agent in the NBA was my best friend, and oh, uh, wow. you know, I remember I remember when you know Eme he. he 
towards ACL. Um, he's done he he done a lot of things. So I, when I say it wasn't easy for him, you know, to get where he got just to play in the NBA, um, he made his own way. He never quit. He all he always uh, he always worked on his game. He always worked out. He was the first to the gym, last to leave. Um, never really seen somebody committed as much as him for for really about this much glimmer of hope. Right. But he opened up that door. He opened it up, and it's no different. It's no different than what he's done, done as a as a as a coach. You know, he's been with he's he's been with 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 great coaches. Um, he's been he's been in great organizations. He's coached superstars. Uh, you know, he's won a title, and uh, you know he has a lot to offer. You know, I I really look forward to you know being around him and, and seeing him grow as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Hmm. The only reason I bring it up is because I I think a a few of his teammates had confirmed that apparently the the story is that the Algerian and the Nigerian team had a tough game. Right. And afterwards, the Algerian team was waiting outside the Nigerian locker room, like to finish the the game. Uh, And apparently... Ime Udoka, by many accounts, was just flooring several of the Algerians. <laughs> like, just so, like, does it, if you haven't heard that, does that surprise you about him? Well, I, I'll say <laughs> this: I think we all know this. You stay away from the silent, from the silent. <laughs> you never, you never want to, you never want to get them mad. They teach you that in the movies, man. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to leave the quiet ones alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I I was I didn't know if he was just kind of like rounding together his coaching staff and he was just kind of telling people like, hey, now you're gonna come, uh, you know what I'm saying, and giving people a a, a choice about it because he's nice with the hands allegedly. Hey, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dig into that story. I can find. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I, can, you, I can I can fact check all of that. Yeah, if you can confirm or deny, <laughs> uh, we would we would, we would definitely uh, appreciate that. Couple more questions. I uh, won't keep you too long. We we definitely appreciate your time. Uh, I like to ask, like, what moment in the NBA made you realize the end might be near? Oof. You know what? I don't want to throw people up. I don't want to throw people un- underneath the bus because it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not it's not fair. But man, I had tore my patella tendon and I just couldn't move anymore. And when I came back, I just couldn't beat be certain people off the dribble that I just was beating. <laughs> Easy, and I was like, "It's time, you know. Yeah. It's time, you know. It's time. I, you know, when you got when it when you got to go to practice two hours early to to, to get loose. <laughs> yeah, it's time. yeah, like I, I had a good run. Yeah, uh, cool. yeah. yeah. playing with yourself. I played. Till I was thirty five. I was good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on the on the flip side, was it ever any like I, know, I guess like non all star like a bench player that would always give you trouble? Is anybody's like man like I. He just got my number. Like I can't stay in front of him, or was anybody like that? You know what? I won't call him a non non all star bench player, but I only think he made one all star team. I hated playing against Mookie Blaylock. I, I, mm. I, I you know, Mookie Blaylock was so good, and he had such quick hands, um, and and he was so clever. Yeah. And I mean, never got the respect I thought he should get, but he was definitely one of the toughest dudes I played against. Mookie yeah, Blaylock. Hawks legend Mookie. Oh, no uh, Mookie was something else, man. Yeah. And uh, last question before we let you go. Do you remember how much your first NBA paycheck was? 
I think it was twenty-seven thousand. First to fifteenth, twenty-seven thousand, something like that. What was the first thing you bought for yourself? I can't. Remember. You know what? I can't really. I can't even really remember. Honestly, I can't. No think, car, no no chain, or no. Uh, you. I think I had. I think I. I you know what? I think I bought a Range Rover. Okay. 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 Range Rover. Okay. It was a Range Rover. Okay. You still got I, it. I wasn't extravagant. Nope, I'm lying. It wasn't a Range Rover. I bought an oh. SL500. Okay. I a 1994 SL500 convertible. There we and go. I, and I still got it. There we go. The phone, the old school phone, uh, <laughs> the, the, the dial up in the car, you the, know. Uh, the brick car phone? It, yes. With the with the Lorenzer kit. I have the Lorenzer kit on there. Old, old heads will know that. As a matter of fact, I was watching. I had some flashbacks watching... Uh, Power Book, what was it? Power Book 2, Raising Canaan the other night. Uh-huh. I was Raising Canaan, and they had a couple old school old school cars up in there. It took you back. <laughs> took me back. Took me back. <laughs> what what color is it? It was like it's like a jade green. Ooh, with, okay. With with, 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 pe- with peanut butter guts. Okay. So yeah, you was doing a little something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to add. I was like, I feel like you get the first car, you do it right. I feel like you keep that one. So you saying oh, yeah. that you yeah, you still got oh, that still car. Got yeah, I still got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Coach Damon Stoudemire, thank you so much for dropping by the lounge, man. Hey man, appreciate you for having me, Tyler. Appreciate it, man. Definitely. Wish you uh, best of luck. And you, you got an open seat here, man. You're welcome back anytime. All right, thank you. Take you up on that off. Definitely. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Thanks for stopping by the Legends Lounge, brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge, and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge with me, True Withers, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God.